Our next speaker is a professional public health nerd with a penchant for parasites. While spending seven years in Africa, she, encountered, she contracted malaria twice and is still here to speak to us tonight. <laughs> uh, now back in Melbourne, by day she works with the Engineers Without Borders, and by night she tells jokes about bees to confuse comedy crowds. She once saw a man sneeze inside his helmet while riding a motorbike. It was a precarious and hilarious situation. Please welcome me, or please join me in welcoming uh, Atlanta Cooley. Hi friends, are we well? Hey, science. Oh, it's so nice seeing how many people have turned out tonight. It's a really lovely night. I'm so happy to be at Laboratory. Uh, my name's Lanta. I am a beekeeper. I've discovered the main thing that you keep when you keep bees is other people away. Uh, so that's been a discovery, but we're not here to talk about bees. We're here to talk about Mari Stopes. Uh, any Mari Stopes fans in? Yes. Every time you've thought, it's so good to not be pregnant today, we can thank the likes of Mari Stopes. Um, now, she was a campaigner in the early 20th century uh, for women's rights, for birth control, um, and uh, she... She was a, a brilliant woman. She was very, very, very driven. Um, <clears throat> she's quite special to me. I've spent quite a few years of my life in health education, talking about uh, reproduction and uh, birth planning to uh, congregations in various parts of the world. And every now and then, I've been giving a, a talk about birth control uh, to a congregation, and an elderly man has stood up and gone, but in Genesis, in Genesis, God says to man to multiply and to fill the earth. And I've always wanted to say at that point, surely at seven billion, God would say, job well done, team. Some, some fine teamwork. Uh, now everybody take a break and await further instructions. Uh, now I've never said that, but I feel like Murray Stopes is the kind of woman who would. She took on the church, she took on the medical establishment, she took on stuffy early 20th century England and their repressive views about sexuality. She took on everyone. She was a very driven woman. I'm not gonna say that she was my hero because while she did a lot for women, she was also a Jew-hating eugenicist. Uh, and we can't really just slide over those sorts of gaffes in history. Um, but she was definitely a remarkable woman. Uh, she was born in 1880, and in her, even as a child, you could start to see what kind of person she was going to be. She told her parents this. She told her parents that she was going to spend the first 20 years of her life in science. She told her parents she was going to spend the second 20 years of her life working on social projects, and the third 20 years of her life writing poetry. She had a 60-year plan. As a child, she makes Stalin's five-year plan just look like an underachievement. It's just amazing, and I hate to spoil my own story, but she did it. She actually did it. That's what she did with 60 years of her life. Um, so she graduated in 1904 with a PhD in paleobotany, and she was the youngest doctor of science in all of Britain, not just the youngest woman, the youngest doctor of science, 24 years old. 
She's amazing. Um, she was a paleobotanist. She studied coal balls and seed ferns, and her early research actually went into trying to establish proof of Gondwana, uh, the supercontinent uh, that we know came a long way since that research. Um, so she was breaking ground even before she hit her strides in what she's actually famous for today. Um, now, Murray Stopes was a woman who knew uh, what she wanted when she saw it. And on a geological expedition, she saw a man, another researcher, called Reginald Ruggles Gates. And she wanted him. <laughs> Within 48 hours of them having met, they were engaged to be married. <laughs> and uh, they got married two months later. But unfortunately, what was a whirlwind romance turned to disaster because it turned out that Gates um, was infertile and Stopes was not pleased. Uh, so she actually had the marriage annulled on the grounds of it having never been consummated. She, she moved quickly. She was a very direct woman. And this is a turning point in Stopes' life. She started paying less attention to coal balls and I tried to write a better joke than this, but there wasn't one and started paying more attention to human balls. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll read a quote uh, that she wrote. Stopes explained that in her own marriage, she had paid such a terrible price for sex ignorance that the knowledge she gained at such a cost should be placed at the service of humanity. She took one for the team, essentially. And what better way to service humanity than to write a sex manual? which is what she did. She wrote a manual uh, called Married Love, which sort of talked about basic human anatomy, the basic uh, bi uh, biology of sex, uh, and advocated for birth control. Uh, she wrote this in 1913. There was nothing published like this at the time, and it took five years of her door knocking on different publishers' doors before someone finally agreed to publish this controversial book. And uh, when it was published, within two days, she had sold 2,000 copies. England was ready for sex. They wanted to read about it. Uh, within two weeks, it was on to the sixth edition. It just took, it took England by storm. People wanted this book badly. <laughs> Um, it was a very controversial book, and possibly one of the most controversial things about it was that it described uh, that women enjoy having sex. Uh, they do it not just for their husbands, uh, not just to have children, but they enjoy having sex. Um, and also, uh, she, uh, Stopes was sex positive, it was normal and healthy for women to want to have sex. Um, I'll read you a quote from the manual. So widespread in Anglo-Saxon countries is the view that it is only depraved women who have sexual impulses, that most women would rather die than acknowledge that they at times have a physical yearning indescribable but as profound as the hunger for food. <laughs> it's racy stuff. The manual also went on to uh, sort of dispel some of the myths about sex. Uh, there was a myth at the time that when a man's penis becomes erect, it is full, it is chock-a-block full of semen, and the man will suffer an injury if the situation is not dealt with. Uh, Stopes explained that wasn't actually true, and I'm sure there are a few men around England who were unhappy for that myth to be busted. 
Um, the book also recognised the female orgasm. Stopes spoke to hundreds of women and actually charted their libido against uh, the monthly cycle. She had a lot of information about it. In and in 1933, um, Married Love was voted one of the most influential books of the 20th century, and it remains one of the most popular sex manuals ever written. If you want to read it, it's entirely online. You can type Married Love into Google when you get home. Um, Stopes received thousands of letters from men and women across England thanking her for her work. Uh, she became a household name. In fact, she was so well known, there was actually a schoolyard rhyme about her. And I'm going to do a terrible Cockney accent, so please forgive me. But it went along the line of, Jeannie, Jeannie, full of hopes, read a book by Mari Stopes. But to judge by her condition, she must have read the wrong edition. It's good to make fun of people for being pregnant. Um, now, she was a hit with the middle class. She was very middle class herself, and she recognised that it was time to take her message of birth control and sex positivity, if you will, uh, to the working class. So she actually wrote a pamphlet and had it distributed among the slums in East London. But this project was brought to a close when the pamphleteers were told by people in the slums to rack off. Uh, people were more than a little bit suspicious of well-to-dos coming into their homes and telling them to have less children. I can't imagine why. Um, so the church also was not a big fan of Mari Stopes, as you can imagine. They described her work as moral and uh, immoral, sorry, and obscene. And um, so she, she took on the church, she took on everything in life, and she actually went to a convention and spoke to about 500 Anglican bishops. And I have to read you what she said, because you can't paraphrase this. She spoke to about 500 Anglican bishops, and this is what she said. She said, my lords, I speak to you in the name of God. You are his priests. I am his prophet. I speak to you of the mysteries of man and woman. Now, historically, the church hasn't taken on well when someone has declared themselves a prophet of God. Please refer to the case of Jesus v. Romans around <laughs> BC. Um, <laughs> they, both the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church doubled their efforts during this time to have contraception and indecent literature banned. And uh, Stopes' response to this was to take a book about the failings of Catholic birth control and actually chain it to the steps of Westminster Cathedral. <laughs> She's great! Um, she didn't stop there. In 1921, she and her new husband uh, opened the first birth control clinic in the UK. And it was a very controversial time. Birth control clinics were being raided and shut down in the States at this time. But they continued and they spread a network of birth control clinics across the UK, uh, including uh, my favourite was a horse-drawn birth control caravan for all your birth control needs on the go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but at this point, there started to be quite a few detractors, quite a few critics of Murray Stopes. Uh, the clinics provided some very controver uh, 
conventional uh, birth control methods, such as the cervical cap and spermicides, but Stopes also pushed for the trialing of an IUD called a gold pin, uh, which inserted in the uterus sort of created a hostile environment for sperm. Um, now, it was quite early on, it was very dangerous, and uh, doctors actually refused to implant this in women due to the large number of infections and the permanent infertility that actually happened to some women who used it, but Stopes pushed hard, and she had no medical qualifications herself. And this is when she started to get quite a few people upset with her. Um, now, yes, let's talk about the fact she was a eugenicist, quite bad. She actually saw that, uh, quote unquote, by uh, forcefully sterilizing the inferior, the depraved, and the feeble-minded, the human race could be eradicated of all genetic weaknesses and illnesses. It's problematic. She was actually so dedicated to this vision of hers that when her son brought home his wife-to-be and she had glasses, she disowned him because she didn't want the genetic weakness of short-sightedness passed on to her grandchildren. <laughs> People started to distance themselves from her at this point, particularly as her anti-Semitism sort of started to come out. In fact, in 1939, she even sent a copy of her own love poetry to Hitler with a covering letter that read, Herr Hitler, love is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> and didn't he know it? Um, <laughs> Now, she died in 1958 of breast cancer, and in the same year, uh, the Anglican bishops acknowledged the need for birth control, accepting that procreation was not the sole purpose of a Christian marriage, which was nice. Uh, and I think we struggle to know what to do with, with historical figures like Murray Stopes, who gave so much and changed the lives of so many people, but did have some rather terrible politics along the way. Uh, but Hopefully we can look at uh, Murray Stopes International was set up in 1977 to continue running her clinics across the UK and now uh, offers uh, birth control services and reproductive health services to women in over 40 countries from over 452 clinics, which is amazing. Uh, so perhaps we can take some solace that the best of the work that Murray Stopes did has been picked up and, and taken forward and hopefully the worst has been left behind by the tide of history. Thanks very much.